Coming up, stop making the mistake that I see most game developers make where they completely focus on building the game and do not think about marketing or monetization. In this episode, you'll discover how to incorporate monetization while designing your game from day one, how targeting a wide audience on Facebook led to lower CPIs, and the tech stack that allows you to better track your campaigns. All that and so much more. The most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. AppRadar will save you time with their unified and connected ASO workflow and save you money with their Apple Search Ads team who will optimize your campaigns and increase your ROAS. Go to appradar.com to learn more. Pollen VC gives app developers early access to their app store and advertising revenues, enabling them to scale quickly and efficiently without relying on outside funding, and more importantly, giving up their equity. Learn more at pollen.vc. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve Young, founder of AppMasters.com, the place you go when you want action-packed content in the app business. And despite the whole coronavirus happening right now, I love doing this podcast because I still get to interact with people and still learn. And so we're going to try to crank out a lot more content as we get through this pandemic. But today I've got a phenomenal guest. We're going to talk all about game monetization. How do you really think about it from, ver- from the very start of development? So without further ado, let me introduce the guest. His name is Tugai this, and he is the co-founder and CEO of Veloxia. I probably butchered all those names. So Tugai, welcome to the show, man. Thank you very much. It's a great pleasure to be on your show. I was uh, following your YouTube, so finally I'm here and uh, have content to uh, show. Luxia.co. Is that, is that how you exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. How'd you come up with the name? You said you had a funny story about this. Um, yeah, so Velox actually means um, quick, rapid, swift, agile in Latin. And we were kind of very, um, very much of geeks and as the co-founders who were kind of interested in Latin stuff. Uh, then I was living in Sweden for some time and, uh, adding EA is kind of a scandic way to make names out of adjectives. So Veloxi is kind of like the name that is, that, that means swift, rapid, quick, agile, and so on. And as a firm, we are very agile, I would say in many aspects. So you just, you guys just created a game. So you make apps for others, but you also made it a game, made a game called space colony idol, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so we were completely new in the industry when we uh, had first begun. Uh, then it didn't take so long for us to get used to because we did we did a very uh, intense uh, period of learning and reading, researching. So we were very good looks in that sense. And then uh, the game started in in a way that we designed it um, by thinking of game monetization from the day not from the day one, but from the day zero actually. And that's what I want to talk today. Yeah, let's talk about it. So talk to me about what your mindset was from day zero. Um, from day zero, when uh, when the idea of um, co-founding a game development business uh, came into our minds, it, it started actually like um, by hearing from the developers in other game studios, um, some some very interesting geeks um, start by coming up with uh, ideas that they, they, that they actually go crazy about. Um, 
without considering monetization or uh, the process or how to market. They just dive into the idea. Even the large firms can sometimes do that without testing, without looking at what the users say. Uh, they go very crazy with their ideas. They uh, invest and spend enormous amounts of money and resource. And um, out of nowhere, they expect the apps and games to be successful. But we were like, well, this is simply, this whole industry is actually simply about creating a new financial derivative by yourself, uh, which has a uh, return on investment, which has a um, cost and, um, I mean, investment required. And an expected return. Um, how you game, the, how you design the game is determining how you, how much of an ROI return on investment you have over the tool. Um, and if you do the marketing well, that that's a, that's very, um, I would say, profitable. When you guys think about monetization, I see this all the time too. Right? Like people send me these emails, and they're usually Google Android developers, like. Hey, I've got no money for marketing. I've got this game. How do I get more downloads? How do I get the top charts? When you guys were thinking about monetization from a development standpoint, was it more like, hey, with this game design, here's a nice idle place for us to have monetization. Let's have rewarded videos. Like walk me through the same pro the process of your thinking when you're creating the game design while also thinking about monetization, how to monetize. Mm -hmm. um, perfect. So it first uh, well, in, in the very beginning, we realized we would require a budget for um, for anything like salaries of the developers, of the graphic designers, and marketing budget as well. So we planned the whole thing in a in a in a timeline. So if it took this long to do this, and we would require this much of money for so, uh, and then the, for the next step would be about this, and the previous step would continue, and we would start to uh, we would need to start investing for marketing and so on. Then we were allocating the resources we had, or we were planning the, how much of free resources we would require. Um, after like properly planning the whole thing, um, we were like, okay, what do we do for increasing the efficiency of the marketing? And besides, what do we do for um, zero budget required marketing activities? And Instagram was one of those, obviously, because uh, we see many games that are um, kind of uh, this this strategy actually taken from what 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 what's done in the retailers uh, side, like on the fastly moving consumer goods, like um, retailers. What do they do is uh, they have omni-channel strategies. They try to connect the uh, consumers from online channels to the shop, or from shop to the online channels to kind of be more to to kind of have more of an exposure in their lives. And we wanted to be active on social media platforms uh, as a game so that they would be receiving content from us even when they're like just scroll scrolling on their homepage on Instagram and so on. Or we would just simply pop up in the discover side of uh, Instagram and so on. Um, and it also increases the efficiency of your advertisements as uh, Instagram and Facebook are probably mostly used places for app monetization. Um, and another thing I can talk about is there are kind of three ways to um, find investors for your game. One is very typical, which I'm not going to speak okay. about. I want to get to all of that stuff. I want to get to all of that stuff. So I want to talk about how you grew your Instagram, how you found those investors as somebody you said you didn't have that many connections. Well, I don't know if this question was officially answered. Like, how did you think about game like monetization? Like, what elements? Like, get specific with me. Was it video ads? Was it ah? You're doing cool. levels. Like, here's how I'm going to monetize. I know a lot of people tend to monetize off the patients. 
right? Like, hey, you can get this faster if you watch a video yeah. for Gems. So Thank how did you approach that during that development of the game? Uh, we started by uh, applying what's very simple, pros uh, like very fundamental perspectives of what the behavior behavioral economics says. Uh, as the as the two co-founders uh, during our studies of uh, we we have we both had studied uh, management engineering and during our studies we were very much interested in behavioral economics and when we started this thing um, we were like okay we don't want to design a perfect game or very interesting game or a very much uh, very good entertaining tool or anything we just want to design a, a product in which we can very easily drive the users to uh, browse ads and so on. Um, put this one one side and the other side, we looked at the trends and the consumers, uh, users were very much interested in uh, idle games and so on, the simulation strategy games and the trend was very much up. Although uh, during then, Hypercasual was like, uh, I would say raping the whole industry as they were the leaders. Uh, then in, actually in simulation and idle games, you kind of have users that always think of efficiency and optimization and so on. Uh, when once you understand this, uh, you integrate tools and mechanics into the game, uh, either by designing yourself or uh, implementing what's already existing in the uh, industry, I mean, in the other games, aka. Um, and then uh, allowing users to actually, just like you said, watch ads or do in-app purchases to advance much faster than they can do otherwise. So that's probably the fundamental um way of how we monetize it. And um, in other words, you can also um, provide them visual content. Uh, for the users that are very, very interested in your game, they would just um, go for the visual content, regardless of its uh, benefits um, in a quantified basis. Can you have a specific example of how you integrated monetization, whether it's borrowing sure. another? Sure. Um, so. So um, I always think like a consultant, as uh, how we call it. And when I have a problem, I try to break it down into, um, like by doing root cause analysis, I, I try to break it down into a proper model. Uh, and, and when I break down how we make rent revenues uh, from advertisements, I break it down like uh, daily active users times um, impressions made by per daily active user. and. Um, by looking at this metric, you can see uh, how many times each of, each of your users want to watch an ad while playing your game. Uh -huh. And uh, we have the reboot thing, for example. In Space Colony, you, you have something like an income per second, and you have a balance. Uh, income per second obviously increases by the researches and upgrades you make. Um, and you have a tool that is that is called Portal in the game. With Portal, you can um, advance advance within the game for half an hour or an hour or two. Um, with this users, we, we make use. We want the users think to think in this way, like, um, okay, I can spend thirty seconds, uh, and with that, I'll be making money as much as I can make uh, in a in an hour otherwise. And this this is very simple logic. Um, and what is even more fascinating and juicy about this portal thing is the first time you watch it, uh, you watch it for half an hour. The second time, it's it, it takes you an hour advance, and and the the third time you actually watch it, it takes you two hours. Uh, it forwards you for two hours, and what happens after that is um, you can't watch any, you can't do any portal thing by watching ads uh, for twenty four hours mm -hmm. because we still want to keep the game, um, you know, as a game because otherwise. The user thinks like, 
okay, I can watch ads um, infinite times and I can make infinite money this way. Uh, and then, then it makes the magic too clear to the user that the developer actually kind of wants to make money. So you kind of want to uh, find a way in between. Um, not, not, I mean, you shouldn't let the user understand on one side that you're making money out of this game. And on the other side, you should also let them watch ads and so on. Because you have very successful games in the app market um that are kind of making money but they're not getting all they can get out of their users um this Agreed. is simply because they want the product to be perfect it is perfect but it is uh very much undervalued because of yeah i apologize to the audience i had the wrong mic set up coming through zoom so now i think you could probably hear me better i saw you leaning in i'm like yes. oh i think i probably have the wrong mic set up so i apologize for the audio <laughs> on that but the when it when you think about retention how are you guys thinking about retention too? Because it's one way you obviously have to make money once they're in the game, but you get them coming back the next day and the day after that and day 30, day 70. Exactly. Because uh, when you actually integrate those advertisements, you do certainly uh, lose some of your retention. Uh, and by making the correct calculations, you should, um, as a developer or as a game designer or as a product manager, uh, you should you should maximize the revenue you can get out of it because some some firms, for example, publishers look for maximizing the retention in the very beginning, and then they think of, okay, you usually um, have like fifty percent of the fifteen percent of the retention uh, can be um, sacrificed to get this much of impressions, this many of impressions per day. But instead, we tried we we built a model uh, which allowed us to maximize the revenue we can get out of one customer. Right. And then, then we looked at that and we, we decided that we, we realized the number of uh, impressions we needed per user um, in order to find the uh, peak of the revenue was three. So we, we, have, we have integrated this portal thing, which has uh, only three availabilities a day. like it. Okay. Anything else you want to cover from the monetization side? Because then we can move on to the Instagram side. Um. Well, actually, I wanted to talk, tell, tell you that are kind of three ways to monetize uh, your firm or your product or your game, um, which is completely different from Instagram. So I guess this is better to talk in this part. Um, one, once you start your firm, uh, there are kind of like literally three ways when you when you look through this perspective. You can work with a publisher that which are which are very very interested. Goldman Sachs invested in uh, Voodoo IO, um, two hundred. Uh, million US like in 2018 I remember in May um, by, by which the industry has started um, gaining many more investors and in investments so uh, the money surplus is very high so once you uh, let them know that you kind of are very excited or very motivated to make a content they, they pay for you but uh, working with the publisher has uh obviously consequences you need to make the content they want and so on and they kind of get most of the cream and you kind of have to get the cake although you're still making money so as a small firm you can think of working with a publisher but it's always much better to uh kind of invest more get less in the very beginning uh but you get to know how obviously so which with which you can scale your firm much better late in, in the in the long run and the second and third uh, options i um thought of talking about is finding an investor, pitching to a venture capital. Um, and there are two ways to get investments. One, they can be investing in your team, which is in our case, what happens. 
uh, or they can be investing in your product. So as a team, you can be very, very qualified. So they would be investing in your co-founders or the recruitments you are planning on making the agreements you've made with the potential as the potential recruitments or if you have no product and if you have a product uh, uh, either making money or not if it's successful then you can also get um, investments for your for specifically for your product as long as it, that you can show it's profitable yeah what's the third one oh uh, it's the investor uh, third the third yeah like uh, investor, investor product or team and uh, publisher so we have three okay got it all right <laughs> i like it all right so did you, while we're talking about the investors, was there anything else that you wanted to add in terms of how do you get the investment? How did you guys pitch? Like what prompted your investors to say, yes, I want to invest in your company? Um, we had a tiny bit of experience when you, uh, when you actually think about that. We had a very tiny bit of experience because now I hear um, em- employees of very successful firms leaving, the, leaving their firms and um, coming all together like eight or 10 people and getting enormous amounts of investments like up to 10 million US, there are cases like these. Uh, however, what's much um, usually, that's, that is one thing. And another one is uh, when you have zero experience, you need to qualify, um, that, that, that you, you need to kind of guarantee your user, uh, investors that you can you know, uh, you know what you're doing. So it's much easier to find an angel investor instead of a venture capital firm in, in, in that sense. Yeah, as your seed fund. And either you have a bridge phase in the in between series and or not. Um, you move on by scaling as you prove in the every step that you're going to be profitable in the long run. You can very easily find investors. How did you find your investor? Because I know that finding these seed investors, these angel investors are very hard because they generally yeah. want a warm intro. Like you can't just go cold and be like, hey, do you guys, like I found you on AngelList and I, I want to tell you about our company. Usually there's a warm intro that needs to be introduced like through somebody else and then be like, hey, you guys got to meet this team and that's how they invest. How did you go about finding your investors? Um, the, the investor was, uh, we were, Okay, so the story began like uh, me and my co-founder, we are friends for seven years uh, from high school, same university, same high school, same department. Yeah. Uh, and we have already done many projects and, and in, we were actually developing a very large network of uh, um, people that are interested in uh, business, let's put it this way. And uh, this is our second startup. So they kind of have always known the entrepreneurial mindset and uh, vision we both had. Um, so finding an investor in that sense was not that difficult because we were coming from that side of the business world already. Uh, and once we pitched them that we want to do this sort of a thing, uh, the question we were trying to answer during our pitch was, um, probably mostly about, uh, why do we, what, what are we putting on in these, uh, one, the, the second question is, uh, how are we thinking of, um, what we're going to do and what do we plan on doing uh, in short and mid and long run and what if things go bad and what if things are much worse than we actually think of them um so after answering these three questions i guess it was okay yeah hey what they're going to move on to as well is and before we talk about the instagram stuff something that worked well for you guys was advertisement segmentation and better tracking yeah. of each tell me about this um so um, this is again uh, applying the perspective you have from a different industry. Uh, 
because um, when you're working with um, firms that do literally different ways of advertisements, for example, they have like TV ads, um, they have flyers, they have digital ads as well, then they literally need to track the KPIs of each advertisement so much more than what we do in the digital world because um, CPIs don't differ so much. They differ like um, 100% or let's say 150% when you're doing um, advertising digital for downloads. Uh, but you're, when you're working in another industry, you, you can you can have a difference of, I don't know, like a thousand percent or 500 percent difference in between each. So we wanted to integrate this um, campaign and source differentiation and um, tracking each campaign's ROI, um, particularly perspective into mobile advertisements. Uh, and we are using one monetization tool that is a local startup actually that they do in which they do waterfall um, to maximize your CPM. And they work with Adjust, which is a very well-known analytics firm. Uh, and they both to get work together in a way that, that we can get uh, return investment for each of the campaign we have. So uh, I can filter the tool um, in, in a way that it shows me um, the ROI of each creative I have on Facebook ads or ad group or campaign wise. So those analytic tools uh, really require a kind of research in the very beginning. Um, then you need to build relationships them which is not difficult but afterwards the technical implementation takes time um and then you have fallacies going on in between facebook analytics tool and adjust and you have the monetization that takes time um is a certainly pain in the ass in the very beginning but uh, once once you literally integrate those uh, very successfully i guess it um starts to you know make you much happier what's and that's tool that you're uh, using? what's a local tool What's the local? Admost. Admost. Admost? A D M O S T. Admost. Oh, Admost. Okay. I'll yeah. link that up. I haven't heard of it. So you're using Admost to, are they mediating the ads? And yeah. then the, yeah. the adjust is telling. So you're saying, hey, this Facebook ad generated these users who generated this much revenue for us. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. Therefore, I needed also to integrate the in app purchase events into that monetization tool. Um, so that everything comes together revenue-wise in Admost. And it just tells me um, which Facebook creative group campaign gave me which users. And together they can uh, provide me with the profitability metrics of each campaign and ad group. That's pretty cool. All right, Admost.com. Okay, yeah, I will link that up. That is very neat. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> like guess lean into the camera to go, type on something, but it's very cool, man. Yeah, they would probably be very interested in making a podcast with you too, by the way. And I can link them to you. The other thing I wanted to talk about as well is something that did not work well for you guys, and that was continuously adding new features. Yeah. Um, so we were so excited in the beginning that we couldn't stop for, for our, ourselves from adding more and more, I mean, features more and more. Uh, it was obviously, as I talked to you, as I told you in the very beginning, we, are, we, we looked through the perspective of seeing this as a financial derivative. Um, so it was increasing the profitability so well that we were kind of very much motivated in integrated, integrating more futures. But then we uh, were hit by a step where we had a very bad version, uh, which was crashing like for 30% of the users. 
which as you can imagine, uh, killed our App Store ratings uh, as well as the Google Play ratings. And we also were spending some money on the advertisements, which which is which went to the trash, as I can call it. Um, so yeah, I guess the, one of the bad things with it was um, kind of losing the track of always having a plan and um, testing very well and um, assuring the quality before publishing each version. Yeah, I like that. Hey, when you guys were yeah. planning out, you something you said early on, which I loved, was you planned out how much to put for development, salary development. Uh-huh. Make sure the mic's mm-hmm. good. Okay, salary development, how much to put for marketing? What was the marketing plan? Was it all reliant on Facebook ads? What were you guys' thought process with the marketing side of things? Um, we thought of starting with Facebook advertisements because that's where you usually do the uh, initial test as the uh, to determine determine how much CPI it would cost you to bring each user, uh, and the and it's actually integrated very well um, with the Facebook Analytics tool. So as a beginning step, that kind of works well. But once you need to scale up, you kind of need to work with other ad networks uh, or Google, you know, um, to increase your reach. Um, and yeah, that's what I can tell. We started with Facebook in the very beginning and that kind of works very well even now. Uh, and I guess we wouldn't be using any, any, anything else, um, until we start on scaling like up to 50,000 downloads a, a day or something. Did you have specific geos in mind or were you like, Hey, let's target the whole wide world. Um, we tried both to see which one's more profitable. Uh, and with the tool we have now, uh, we can see both are profitable well when done very well. Because uh, not targeting any any audience gives you uh, a very low CPI by which you can get more CP uh, more downloads. So you can get a much lower uh, eCPI, which is effective CPI, uh, to to tell the users who don't know about eCPI is. Um, is how many users you get by a certain uh, investing certain amount of money, and um, that's the that's the money is divided by the number of users, uh, and that gives you, um, for example, you, you get one download uh, and you have a CPI of one US, mm-hmm. an eCPI in that sense. Um, so to calculate eCPI, you would also require uh, to see actual number of downloads in the same period of time. So if you get 100 users and if you spend 100 US um, and Facebook tells you CPI is 2 US, uh, you would still need to um, see how many users you got by Facebook advertisements. Let's say 50 of Facebook um, users, uh, 50 of the downloads were coming from Facebook. So you have spent um, 100 US and in total you have uh, 200 downloads. So eCPI is half as what Facebook tells you as CPI. Uh, this is what happens with the um, non-targeted mass advertising thing. Uh, but when you think of uh, actually targeting your ads, uh, then the, 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 the conversion ratio of in-app purchases uh, are usually so much higher that you make more money out of those users. But they bring you, um, they still half the CPI you have, but the, uh, the second person, that's the organic reach that is coming to your game, is not as uh, revenue generating, so you pay more for that user, but still it is profitable at the end of the day. So did I make it clear or? 
Kind of. And I think the, the thing that I want to focus on, you said if by not targeting anybody in the very beginning, you saw lower CPIs yeah. and effective CPIs. So you're just like, what's your targeting? Like everybody, like there's no interest. Um, like how did you go about it, not targeting anybody? Uh, we go like, um, we, we limit the age, obviously. And um, this is going to probably sound sexist, but men like our game more. So we don't advertise for women, sadly. Um, so we filter those generics like age from um, 14 to 44, mm-hmm. uh, gender, men only, US and still English speakers. Um, and Android and iOS versions as well, because that kind of determines and tells um, how wealthy the users are. And that's the uh, main filtering we have. And once you go for those in the US, you kind of have up to um, 60 to 70 million people uh, that you can target for each of the individual platforms. Um, So it's still good. From a creative perspective, what have you found to work the best? Oh, oh, um, that's probably the... The, the, the one of the uh, most difficult processes we had because um, once we started <clears throat> we had like uh, actually believe it or not five times as uh, we, we were paying five times as much as what we are paying now so that's that's how difficult it Reasonable. was I can, <laughs> Gotta uh, start yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I thought uh, I was designing the creatives in the very beginning because we were rushing everything just I mean this was rushed as well uh, and in the very beginning, I was like, okay, what do I want to see in an advertisement? And I was also looking at other games. And I myself made the mistake of uh, I, I made the mistake of thinking only as I myself and what I would like to see in a game ad. I would want to see what the game has, what uh, user interface panels he has, it has, and what content I can read on the video and so on. And once the video was prepared, um, you could see literally everything in the game. But first of all, everything was so quick that you would really need to be able to read so fast. And the video was so long. Um, and the other thing is the attractive stuff was not, sh- uh, was not um, the, the, much of the exposure was not about uh, the most interesting stuff. So when I compared with the video we have now, contrast is much higher because we picked the specific content that, that has much more uh, contrast. In, in the beginning, I mean, the game has like 16 planets. So in, in the first video, we were trying to see, oh, which planets are the best? Probably the user is going to like this one so much more. But you think of, uh, you kind of forget uh, what the user thinks of when you're watching your video. For example, they are in, in, in a bus, in metro, taking a crap somewhere. You know, you, they, you have no clue what they're doing and they're just scrolling usually. So the first two or three seconds has to be very attractive. The planet does not have to be very beautiful, but the contrast has to be much so, so, so high. Or the content you have there is uh, supposed to be very easily understood. Because at, at the first glance, they should be able to understand what's going on in, in your game. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when, by thinking of this perspective, we designed new videos that are, um, for example, twenty uh, up to 21st seconds length, uh, because that's what the analytics tell you. Um, yeah, uh, and what, what, that is very easy actually. When you when you first Google, there are uh, very simple and easy steps in how to design the best graphic, uh, the creatives. Because the contest should be high. Um, you should be showing content that is only relevant to the game's mechanic. Um, you don't have to show anything that is uh, readable or written. 
um, the user is probably not going to read it anyways, and the length should be at a uh, certain. Um, I mean, the, the length really depends on the placements you have. So each crate actually uh, performs different on the each placement. Um, so yeah. When you say contrast, what do you mean? Like just the colors? Yeah, the colors. Yeah, actually okay. the colors only. Yeah. Right. For example, uh, when you think of space colony, we kind of discluded some of the um, game assets we have on on the, on the planet to make it more clear that there is the road and there is the colony there. Astronauts leave their space rocket and they walk to the colony to uh, start living on the planet. And that's all we wanted to show. Therefore, we discluded the portal. We discluded the uh, meteor, meteor turrets. So that the user could uh, more easily focus on understanding what's going on. Otherwise, if I had prepared it for myself, I would have done like, oh, let's keep the turret because turret looks super cool when it shuts the meteors. Right. Uh, portal with its animations, this looks super fancy. We must include it. No, the, the, at the first glance, everything comes into one scene. Then boom, user understands nothing and just scrolls to the other side of things. I see. It's funny because you know I've been researching on YouTube thumbnails, and they said there has to be a good contrast, saturation, and those make good thumbnails. And you're saying the same thing for video ads as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Listen with this, to guy. The Instagram stuff. You wanted to point that out. How you were able to manage it. How you were able to grow it. And something that you said earlier was the fact that it actually growing the Instagram following actually helped with your ads as well. Yeah. Um, so to better target your um, targeted audiences on Facebook, um, obviously Facebook and Instagram works together for the ones that don't know. Um, to better target them, you need to get a very good uh, analytics and uh, information about your user base. Uh, and be, to be able to do that, you need to be more of more in touch with your users. Um, and actually, we have twenty percent of all our users. We have up to fifty thousand users now, and we have twenty percent of them coming from Instagram. Um, how we know this is because we are tracking. Uh, each each um, download with a unique link. Um, by by this we can know where every user comes from. And um, Instagram actually gives us it increases your efficiency by um, better allowing you to target the people who. I mean, you can basically create lookalike uh, audiences of the people who browse your Instagram page. So that's that's a very one simple way that you can get more money out of that. Another way is you can target those people who looked at your Instagram page but didn't download your ad. That are they are super likely to at least click on the uh, creative that they see. So the CTR would be low. So the CPI would be low as well. So CTR would be high and CPI would be low. Um, another way uh, you can get free users out of Instagram that just um, creates you some work overload, which is still spending money, obviously. Uh, but by very easily uh, using the content you already have for the game. For example, um, we don't do any 2D design. I myself design most of the UI and UX, uh, and we have a very talented 3D designer um, who renders uh, the 3D assets in a 2D way so that we can post them on Instagram, use them in our creatives and so on. Um, so it doesn't create us a lot of... Um, Drama actually within the firm too. Uh, yeah, and you also need to use the tools to schedule everything, and everything should be done according to analytics, which is very easy when you're doing social media marketing. Yeah. The the thing that you pointed out was for those who visit your Instagram page, didn't install the app. Is that 
and how you target them. Is that all through that Facebook ad platform? Uh, yeah, through Facebook ad platform, you can target those that okay. looked at your Instagram but didn't download. Yeah. And how you find the proper tags? Because I noticed that a lot of your posts have a lot of great tags in it. What's a good tool to find all these great tags? Um, well, one way is to track by yourself. Obviously, you can have. Um, so the, the the way I do is is to uh, group the group the tags in my mind uh, and post similar creatives with different tags and see which one performs better uh, by also keeping in mind that you have a trend of likes and um, followers so we need to keep the time in between posting those two as short as possible because um, you're obviously growing the user base on instagram as well and once you do this separate um, se several times then you can track better uh, how many users you you get for each group of um, tags you have on Instagram. That's the way we do it. Actually. I like it, man. Anything I missed that you want to make sure we cover? Uh, I can take a look at my list. Um, yeah, I guess that's all. Any yeah. other questions you like might want to have? No, this is great, man. Hey, guys, before we hit the fi big finish, I do want to thank my sponsor, AppRadar.com. Look, they've got some brand new tools and a starter package that is completely, completely affordable that's going to help you manage your ASO. And the great thing about AppRadar is it's not just the keyword optimization, which is a key element to any type of ASO strategy, but they've got screenshots that you can automatically upload from multiple geos. You can see the history when you made those changes, and you can just better manage your overall ASO strategy under one platform, responding to reviews, uploading those screenshots, and then managing all the keywords all in one place. So unlike other tools where you're really just managing the keywords and getting all that data, AppRadar has done a great job of managing your search ads and everything else completely within one platform so you don't have to upload all these things in all these convoluted ways. So go check them out. It is appradar.com. Let them know that you heard it from this very podcast. So I get a little street cred. But once again, it is <laughs> appradar.com. You guys, this has been absolutely amazing. But let's go to the big finish. Give us one app we definitely have to check out. Um, tough question. I would say um, you definitely need to check out Space Colony Idol uh, if I can. Um, I think you're going to like the game very much. Don't forget to rate us with five stars and uh, please let us know about what you think. Um, you can find the email address um, so that we all together develop the game even further and make it so much nicer than ever. What's a lesson that took you the longest to learn? Um, that once you're new in an industry, you should uh, research so much better, just like what Elon Musk did. Uh, by reading, researching, reading, researching so much more than you can ever think. Um, and one way to skip this process is to employ or partner with uh, somebody that has experienced, which uh, we did just a few weeks ago. That's awesome, man. Hey, the website is, so the app is Space Colony Idol, and then the yes. website is Veloxia. So V-E-L-O-X-I-A dot. CO to guy if the audience yeah. wants to follow up with you and say thank you for coming on or check out anything else you want to send the listener anywhere else um no that's all uh, they can send us an email at uh, hey at reluxia.co um and that's all
Well, thank you for coming on and doing this, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, that was my pleasure. Likewise. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you on the next yes. chat. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.